Hello and welcome back to Galactic Goddess Podcast. I'm your host, Radhanelia, and today is Halloween. We are going to be talking about witches. In particular, I'll be sharing a story from my book, Memoirs of a Galactic Goddess. Stay tuned. Happy Halloween! This is Rada, and I'm excited to share with you a chapter from Galactic Goddess. Since it is the witching hour, I thought it would be perfect to share a story that I had of my past life that came up. And it's really a story about coming back to our personal power in the witching hour. <laughs> it's called Betrayal of the Feminine. Every breakdown leads to a breakthrough, learning to use your voice empowers yourself and others. In a past life regression, I burned in the fire of my demise. It was a betrayal of the feminine. I had been an apprentice under a male alchemist it was a secret mentorship where I had learned to be a proficient alchemist. I felt that I had learned everything from my mentor and no longer needed his guidance. We still had a friendship and I was grateful for his mentorship. I thought all was well. I was happily married with a child. My husband was too busy to know about my alchemical abilities because I kept the image of an ordinary life, mostly including tending to typical duties of being a full-time mother, managing home and family. Little did I know my mentor was secretly seething with resentment. I had come into my own, remembering my natural abilities, perhaps from my ancestors or even other lifetimes. I could make wonderful herbal remedies and understood connections between earth, herbs, and healing. My mentor couldn't take no for an answer, and when I refused to come back, he went to the authorities and reported me as a witch. I was dragged from my family home and put into a cold jail cell until it was time for my trial. In my regression, I saw myself on the stand. I was wearing an outfit, a large skirt with a petticoat and a collar, which was so uncomfortable. My throat felt restricted. I recall feeling I couldn't breathe. There was what seemed like hundreds of angry men filled the courthouse, some wearing funny wigs and short, weird pants. I was frozen in fear. They demanded that I speak up and defend myself. I could do neither. This went on for far too long as they read off a list of all the sins I had allegedly committed. Fabricated lies I recalled in my regression thinking, there's no way out, no escape, no defending myself, no winning. With a fever around 
calling out witches and these people were almost foaming at the mouth to see me persecuted as all the women before me had been. I looked out at the audience and saw my mentor. He was smug. He had achieved what he wanted and could never be threatened by me again. We both knew my fate. The voices blended into a murmur. I wondered how it would feel to die. I felt helpless, hopeless. I looked out at my husband who was just as weak as I. I regretted ever working with my mentor. Our relationships started as acquaintances at a local market. I had seen him a few times at the outdoor market, more like hanging out, and we smiled in passing. One day, he casually chatted with me about how I came here and asked how I liked living there. He gained my trust with his offer of easy friendship, which was welcome to me as a newcomer. One day he said he wanted to show me something. He lived right around the corner. I didn't think much of it, so I stopped by after shopping at the market. He said he wanted to read me something, a book of herbs used medicinally. When he did, something lit up inside of me. It was an energy of new excitement. He saw my spark and asked if I wanted to learn more. But of course I did. And that is how this mentorship began. We made holistic medicine from herbs. I had a thing with nature and it came so naturally to me. I was able to configure plant chemistry based on my intuition rather than what was instructed in the books. At first he was delighted he <laughs> he was delighted he could get so much out of me. There was a black market for such things and he sold them to make his living. I didn't care for the money nor did I ask him for payment in exchange for my labor. I was more intrigued by how these remedies could help people and it was exciting to think I had such a skill that was out of the ordinary. I began to spend more time creating concoctions for him, but then it began to take a toll on my household and with my child. I needed to be at home much more than I had been. So I told my mentor, thank you. I will not be able to work with you any longer on these concoctions. He seemed to understand and we went our separate ways. I saw him at the market a few weeks later and he begged me to please help him with some orders. I told him I could not, but I could make them at my own home so I could be with my child and would meet him at the market the following week. He asked me to make the most massive batch I could that it would be the last time he would ask for such a favor. That day, I took home extra herbs and bottles that would be needed for this task. I did as he asked, and the following week I brought as much as I could in the form of tinctures. I told him it would be the last time I could help him, 
that I had a few more bottles at home should he need them. He smiled and he said he understood. I thanked him for showing me how to create remedies. I would be able to help my family now when I was needed. We went our separate ways again. Soon after, I was arrested in my home. The authorities said someone had reported I was brewing witch potions and casting spells at my house. I instantly knew who had reported me, yet I could not understand why. Had I not helped him and asked him for nothing in return, had I not paid him the debt of introducing me to the books and showing me how to use herbs? In the courtroom, he looked calm among the chaos. They brought the tinctures to the stand in the form of evidence. They asked me, where had I learned such witchery and what was I planning to do with these tinctures? Who was I planning on poisoning? I told them they were made of herbs and not dangerous at all. My words were dismissed and scoffed at. I glanced at my mentor. He had a smirk on his face. I was confused. Then the judgment came that I was pronounced an evil witch. Who would pay for the sins I had been accused of? I was shocked. I was numb. I looked out at the sea of men's faces where they were feeling excitement, winning. They were celebrating my execution. I knew I was tied to a stake. With my arms behind my back, my ankles and legs tightly bound to a wooden pole. My feet were on top of a pile of sticks, wood that would serve to fuel my fire. By having the fire start at my feet, I would endure a slow searing and painful death. My face would be the last to see as flames and my dying expression. In my session, I recalled the flames at my feet burning so intense my body went into shock, blocking the severity of the pain. All I saw was a sea of eyes staring at me. No one came forward to defend me. My husband was on his knees crying before me, not daring to look at me. I was the entertainment for the sadistic ritual of killing witches. The crackle of the sticks burning and the smell of my flesh being cooked alive served to excite the apathetic audience. I could not even scream. I could only surrender to my impending death, wishing it was swifter than it was. Eternal torture in hell. I felt death was too slow, and in my pain-wracked agony, 
I prayed for a quick demise. The last thing I saw in the corner of my eye was my mentor, standing tall, standing still, just staring at me. I looked into his cold eyes before I departed from my life, wondering why. The end. (laughs) And that was a chapter from Galactic Goddess and version 2 is coming out soon so be on the lookout for it because I have many many stories exploring the divine feminine the divine feminine fall or as I wrote my book the fall of the divine feminine as we come into this time It is so important for the feminine to be in her divine power. And that means calling back all the pieces of herself which have been fragmented from traumas for many lifetimes. Part of the work I do with my goddess activations and my coaching with women is I really help women get back to the core of their trauma. Because boy... I have a lot of traumatic stories for many, many lifetimes that I've had for me, for my lineage, from the lineage of women. And I guess part of my dharma is to really start to be a conduit of healing and guidance for women so that they can restore their sacred self like Humpty Dumpty you gotta call all your fragments back and I help put them back together again and we do these powerful powerful sessions where we realign realign with the divine restore the integrity of the soul of the heart of the womb and release all these traumas out of the psyche. And, you know, part of the work I do also is sacred storytelling, sharing stories. I also help women write their stories as a creative coach and as a publisher. We already did a book called Awakening Starseeds, which was an amazing book about star seeds from all over the world sharing their stories and coming out of the closet for far too long you know so many amazing beings on this earth have been afraid to speak their truth and to stand in their light because things like this happen where when they share their gifts they get destroyed for them they get hunted they get persecuted and they there's this trauma that is deeply ingrained in the psyche and so many 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 talented beings artists and poets and writers and healers and witches and priestesses and goddesses hide behind um hide behind a mask speaking of halloween most people wear their mask 365 days a year 
and I help them unmask so they can really (laughs) get into their divinity and shine like the star they are. It's so important to heal the throat chakra, to heal the heart, because often we think we've been heartbroken in this lifetime, but in reality, it is lifetimes and lineages and we are here many many are here to experience their last lifetime on earth it's a culmination of everything and this is the time they have to shake it out shake it out (laughs) shake it out shake it all out because you can't hold it and and keep rising you know but you don't get rid of this stuff by keeping it stuffed as a dirty secret under the bed you have to let loose and that is where i come in i love to share stories i share a lot of my traumatic stories not because i want people to feel sorry for me because i certainly don't (laughs) i feel that it's important to share so that other women know and men that they're not alone that tragedies and dramas and traumas have been going on as far back as the Kali Yuga. (laughs) This cycle is coming to an end. The Kali Yuga being, you know, this, this tumultuous time that we're in. And it's foretold that it's coming to an end and as it comes to an end it gets worse before it gets better all of the dark shadows come to the surface and that is something i do not shy from most people want to be spooky on halloween and i say face your shadow every day and you'll be the most powerful person And you will gain back your power because when you fully integrate yourself, when you call back your soul fragments, when you do the work, you get the results and you get to feel and be the person that you truly are here to be. Your dharma becomes activated. Your soul blueprint activates and it's beautiful. I've... I've done many, many sessions for many years, a decade of working with mostly women. And one of the things I do is we work on, you know, your soul purpose, your dharma, and also activating your original soul print before the trauma. And when we can get to that point, oh my goodness, it's amazing. So... This Halloween, you may be putting on a mask, but do so. Practice taking off your mask when it's not Halloween. (laughs) How about that? I hope you enjoyed my story, and I'm sending you so much love. If you'd like to reach out to me, you have some links below. Many, many blessings and much love.